The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Is That You Lemmy episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 727, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, I apologize for my voice. It's all, my, my voice isn't a nice sounding voice to begin with, right? Oh. Pe- people mistake me for a woman on the phone all the time. <laughs> So I know that my voice is grating for a lot of people, not because I sound like a woman. That's not a jab. Like I just like I can't stand listening to my voice. So, you know, I get it. But now I've under the weather here, got a little cold going on. And so it's worse. But you know what I need? I think I need a hot toddy made with true Hulk coffee. T-R-V-E. Mm-hmm. K-V. Fuck. T-R-V-E. K-V. LTCoffee.com. Sorry, guys. It is a rough <laughs> night already. Um, True Call Coffee. D- guys, it's been four years since they did like their first event. Like wow. They've been going a long time, right? Mm-hmm. I guess five or six years making coffee now. 
Like, you know, um, we did our first like video and set of goofy recipes and things somewhere back in 2017, 2018. I know um, my buddy and I recorded video in 2018 because I was down there at that point. So, yeah, man, what a crazy ride. It's a company that is for metalheads, by metalheads, you know. And when I say it's a company, like, yeah, it's a company, like any small business. But it's not some giant corporation in a penthouse in New York. You know, these are people that just, you know like good coffee and so they're mm-hmm. bringing good coffee to the world and putting a metal twist on things you know and keeping it fun so true call coffee check them out t-r-v-e-k-v-l-t coffee.com <laughs> sorry <laughs> all right over to you buddy <laughs> okay are you gonna <laughs> okay are you gonna pull through over there oh, Holy this is well, the most i've spoken answers. in days Oh, okay, okay. Well, everyone listening right now appreciates everything that you're doing and everything, you know, all this crap that you're putting up with just for them. Because um, as we speak, my friend, um, it is um, December 21st, right? We're right in front of uh, Christmas by the time this goes up. It'll be the day you're listening to this, the 20, okay, when this first goes airing, if you're listening to it Friday, Friday morning, because you've subscribed to the show, you are listening to this December 23rd, the day before, the day, the day before Christmas Eve. So uh, we want to thank everyone for, um... For allowing us into your life this close to the holidays. We really appreciate it. And we're going to kind of make this our, I don't know, our our Christmas party special. Our office Christmas show, party. Show. I'm going to go photocopy my butt any minute now. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And over the past little while, dude, as you will recall, I've I've um I've had I think I was sucking back the gin last episode and I've been doing a lot of fireballs while recording as well lately but considering what we chose to discuss okay later on and this cool new motorhead release and all that I thought it was very apropos that we have our office our radioactive metal office Christmas party tonight and with that I'm back to the Lemmys in my Motorhead mug. And now I'm sure our, if you're tuning in for the first time, hello, hello. If you're a longtime listener, uh, you are no doubt celebrating this tiny little fact with us tonight. Because that's always, that was a staple for the longest time here on the show. You know, Hell Lemmys, yes. Lemmys in the Motorhead mug and all that. And I took a little break from that. But now I'm back, ready to rock and roll. Speaking of just a couple days before Christmas, I want to say hello, horns up, and happy birthday to my blushing bride, who turned <coughs> just 29. Yes, yes, 29. Let's go with that. Yeah. yeah. 29. <laughs> yes. yes. I decided just... <laughs> that women only age to 29 once they become moms. 
Mm-hmm. You know, single women, you guys can figure this shit out on your own. <clears throat> That's right. But um, when you're a mom, you're never older than 29. When you're a grandma, you're never older than 60. That's right. Because 60 is right. a good grandma age. It is. You it's know? perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. 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 So once again, I want to say happy birthday to my beautiful Mrs. Snowy. Thank you so much for all of everything and all the great joy you've brought to me these past 33 years we've been together. Yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah, yeah. As well, today is also December 21st. Today is 2112. So, that makes it, yes, it is yeah. International Rush Day today. Does it have to be? It does. <laughs> it it does it does so i know you're not the biggest rush fan and all that but i know we have a lot of um vet- veteran listeners that have no doubt have a number of rush albums in their collections well, you so. want to hear something really fun irony uh, okay um, it's rush day and i'm playing bass which haha makes mm-hmm. sense you know gaily bass player rush right but um i was testing out my steve harris pedal <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I'm celebrating Rush Day. There we go. Hey, every day can be Iron Maiden Day. I get that. Every day is Iron Maiden Day. Uh, I totally get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If um, before we kind of move on from here, I think all of the um, radioactive metal house cleaning is done, except if there's anything that you want to share. No, I can't think of anything. Okay, then let's get on with the mandatory metal segment, courtesy of the true, the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee. Uh, really cool band, independent band. Normally, you know, when it comes to this segment, we'd like to. Uh, we like to have a more a more established artist on a more established label, but when Colorado's lacerated their new record, the Vile Domain, came across my desk. Cool, cool, brutal death metal. I thought this is this would definitely make for some true Cavalt coffee listening. So without further ado, once again. Courtesy of the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee, TrueCavaltCoffee.com. This is Lacerated with Grotesque.
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Hey, dude, I'm going to pour myself another lemmy here, and you're going to tell me what's going on down south. All right, man. So last week, if you recall, I, I know I told you off air. I can't remember if we talked about it on air at all, but um, I had a family member that had written some lyrics, and um, it, it was it was a, uh, to the tune of Big Balls by ACDC, mm-hmm. but they wanted to do a Christmas song called Big Bulbs, and I big said, well, bulbs. You, yeah, big bulbs, you know, <laughs> um, okay. and it, it was something that, you know, they had brought to me a couple months ago and I said, well, let me see what I can do. You know, my son's got this thing coming up and all this sort of stuff. And I, like the deadline to get it in was December 14th. So like a week ago as so we're talking, um, <laughs> and dude, like I, I had drums programmed, but I just didn't have any of the guitars down. You know, I didn't have the music bed. And son of a gun, dude, if I didn't put that together in a few hours, get that uh-huh. stuff tracked, got my, um, like I, I, had a, I had a rough track of that, got my family to sing along, right? And <laughs> do like all the backgrounds because I need, you know, we've got big bulbs, you know, you, you need that big raucous chorus and um so i got them to do that and then the next day like i just put on the finishing touches like bass guitar you know second guitar parts um and i submitted it late but they accepted it it's now up on youtube so if you guys let's see hang on what's it called on youtube i'll tell you guys what to search for it is that's a great radio. I should have had this shit ready. <laughs> oh, I told you, man, I am so off tonight, dude. Um, it is called Best Song Wins the Stickered Squire Cyclone. I need to turn off my audio there. Um, but it's by the channel 60 Cycle Hum. It's a guitar podcast. And they're, they're a fun group. They, um, you know how people make like those video Yule logs. So for people that don't have fireplaces, you can put a video of like a log burning in a fire. Mm-hmm. Well, they did the same thing and that's what they did for this video. They made a new one, but they're burning guitars. Oh, right on. And the fun thing is like these guys, like they don't destroy guitars in, unless the guitar is beyond salvage. Right. You know, like one, once it's made it to firewood, they use it for firewood, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, you can watch um, a guitar you log burn, several guitars actually, and we're song 26, my family and I. Um, but yeah, check it out. Big bulbs, man. So let me tell you though, dude, because I think last week we were talking about ACDC being harder than people think. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I couldn't play some of the guitar parts in one take. Um, and mostly just because I don't play stuff like that. I don't play those kind of chords. And so I, I could do it if I practiced it, but I hadn't practiced it. So I had to like literally punch a lot of stuff in and record like onesie twosie stuff, you know, but here's the cool part. I suck at mixing, like suck, right? Terrible. Like I hate mixing my own songs. I start, it sounds like shit by the end. Um, but ACDC, I just learned 
a masterclass in songwriting and arranging from them because Big Balls, which, you know, doesn't seem like it's any major big song, but the choices made by each of the instruments. Dude, this song was the easiest thing I've ever mixed. I think it actually sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely the best sounding thing I've ever mixed. I didn't do much. Like I didn't even put reverb on my vocals. I just balanced levels, panned a couple things left and right. But dude, it was it, it almost mixed itself. Wow. Like and I'm just thinking, I'm like, wow. That completely makes me rethink the way I write songs because like the the bass, the bass line in particular. Um, he's playing everything up the octave. And I'm like, why did he make that choice? And then just, you know, dicking around, like I take it down the octave and play it along. I'm like, oh yeah, cause it's mud. You can't hear shit. But if you play it up here, you still get, you still get the bass note. And then he's playing with the kick drum. So it augments the kick drum and you get the tone. But because he plays it up the octave, it's, it, even though it's kind of in the same space as the guitars, it still sits in the mix. And I, I, I yeah, it, it, it was a lot of fun to learn this. Like a lot of fun to learn this. Yeah, so, so that's been this week. And then tonight, like I said, it just debuted on YouTube. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. I shared it with that family member and that person's very excited, you know, because they honestly didn't think we were going to make it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so it's it's been pretty cool. I think I think up the octave is one of my new favorite expressions. Up the octave. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I like that. Uh, sorry, this is, this is me and my musical terms. Uh-huh. You know. But yeah, yeah, it's fun right stuff. So, did you right on. Well, the new? Oh, thanks, excellent. man. Um, and yeah. we'll and we'll play that song here on the show. Yeah. You know, since it's part of our Christmas party, the only thing that I wish I would have done, and again, remember, I was like pressed for time. I was just trying to get this thing done, mixed over. I wish I would have added sleigh bells somewhere. Ah. I think sleigh bells would have been a really nice touch. Mm-hmm. Oh, and sorry. But, um, you know, you know, like the end of Big Balls where they're going, bollocks, knackers, bollocks, knackers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got... I got my family to go back and forth and go, Donner, Blitzen, Donner, Blitzen. <laughs> that works. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, it was fun to do. It's fun to do. And and it sometimes it amazes me what I can do when I'm pressed for time. But yeah. um I think yeah. people have a tendency of forgetting because you know, you know, it's such it's supposed to be like a comedy song and everyone, ooh, big balls, ha ha ha. How clever that song really is. Oh, I don't think anybody gives it the credit it deserves. <laughs> you know, because, yeah, like, it's it's not talking about male genitalia in no way, shape, or form anywhere in this song. Yeah. Do they do they mention that? And so many moms and conservatives and all that in the late 70s, early 80s threw a hissy fit about this song. And it's like, you never even read the lyrics. Oh, well, and, and that's the thing, because it's all tongue-in-cheek. It's like mm-hmm. Chuck Berry's My Ding-a-Ling, <laughs> right? And that's the thing, is like, um, 
You know, the family member that discovered big balls is of the right age to discover big balls, right? Mm. And because, you know, there is, there are certain songs that are rite of passage. And when they discovered it, I said, well, now you need to listen to my ding-a-ling. And they're like, well, why? <laughs> I'm like, well, where do you think ACDC got the idea? Right. Like, because oh, ACDC, sure. huge Chuck Berry fans. And mm-hmm. big balls is essentially the same concept, you know, where it's all tongue-in-cheek. It's... It, it it can all be double entendres and all that sort of stuff. Um, and and yeah, that's what makes it fun, you know. Like I I remember, oh geez, it had to be like third or fourth grade. Um, a kid brought the song "My Dingling" into school on forty five and wanted to play it, <laughs> and I can't remember if the teacher let him and stopped it, or or if um they actually were aware of the song and stopped it before that. You know, but, but this is again, like where my mom is super cool. You know, my mom's like, no, you need to hear this song, mm. you know? And I mean, my mom and I have had so many fun conversations about a song. What was, oh, what's the thing? Oh my goodness. Um, do you know, oh, obviously, you know, Lola by the Kinks, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, have I ever told you the story? And, and it's one, this is one of those stories where I have to tell you a story to, tell, to make the other story make sense. <laughs> um, have I ever told you the story about not knowing the Pope was Catholic? No, so, no. How did that happen? Well, I was raised in a Presbyterian household. We didn't, like, we weren't Catholic. And I wasn't okay. surrounded by Catholics. Like, I, my, my um, you know, cousins were Catholic, but, I mean, they weren't good Catholics. I don't even know if they went to church, you know, like Mm -hmm. they'd say they were Catholic, but that's all they talked about. And so I would ask a stupid question. And this is a very common thing to say back in the eighties. But if you ask a dumb question, somebody would respond with is the Pope Catholic. Mm -hmm. Well, I would always walk away from that being like, fuck, I don't know. Is he like, (laughs) I have no idea. And finally, one day my mom asked asked me, or like I asked my mom a question. And she goes, is the Pope Catholic? I look, I said, I don't know. Is he? <laughs> you know, just just years of frustration coming out at once. And she just looks at me like a deer in headlights and says, yes. And yes, I said, thank yes, you. Yes. And I stormed off. Please, please tell me that you knew in advance that bears do indeed shit in the woods. That part, of, that one I do know. Thank okay, you. good. <laughs> Thank you. You know, but but here's the deal. I spent a lot of time in the woods. I grew up in the woods. I didn't grow up in the Catholic church, right? Like, obviously, now that I am Catholic, I'm quite aware the Pope is Catholic. But, you know, so, and and I storm off and mom finds this hysterical. Well, that, that started putting things in her, her mind like, oh, is there other things I'm taking for granted? And like, you know, so, you know, thinking about songs like, my dingling, the double entendre, big balls, the double entendre, stuff like that. Well, mm-hmm. So she sits me down the one day and she's like, hey, we need to listen to Lola by the Kinks. And she proceeded to explain to me what Lola was about because I had no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, I think I was like 13, 14. And she, she was explaining it. And I mean, I was aware of like Boy George and uh, Victor Victoria, like, you know, all, all those different things. But remember, I've said I also grew up in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. hundred people in my graduating class, you know. So, you know, life was fairly sheltered compared to like city life. So she explains to me, I'm like, okay. And then one day 
I'm listening to the song and it gets to the, you know, walks like a woman, talks a man, or was it? No, I know what I am. I'm a man of a man. And so is Lola. And I just started laughing so hard. I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, ever, ever since the Pope, mom will go out of her way occasionally, uh, still to this day, dude, to explain things just to make sure it's clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look what you did to your poor mom. Holy Jesus. Oh, I know. I know. It's terrible. You know. <laughs> but anyway, that was a huge tangent. New Blood Clot record, dude. Have you checked it mm-hmm. out? Uh, a couple tracks, yeah. Uh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and it's fun to think that John Joseph, let's see, how old are we? We're, we're, we're in our 50s. He's got to be close to 60 now, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just great to hear that intensity like you wouldn't be like that's a six-year-old guy singing hardcore like no that's a motherfucking ball of energy that you need to harness and stay out of like that guy just damn dude mm-hmm. like i knew he was pretty intense okay just just when we interviewed him the first time and just everything that we we knew about him, and then when I met him backstage, like when the Crow Mags, his version of the Crow Mags, came through, and of course Ninja Cat sets up artists with beers and all that, and you know I I I, I brought him a six, and he's like, no, no, go ahead, you you have a man, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right, he's Mister, yeah, Mister, you know, he's Mister Fitness and Mister Intense, and it's like, yeah, okay, I should have I should have saved a couple bucks. You know, and not and not not bought him the beer. I should have known better. But hey, I had a great night that night drinking John Joseph's beer. So hey, yeah, because he, he's been sober now since what somewhere in the nineties. Yeah, it's been a I while. Think, yeah, and good on him. Good on. Oh him. yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's it's it is it is a wicked record. Yeah, absolutely love For it. Sure. So everybody, go yeah. check that out because it is so good. Um, all right, so last week we talked about my Gremlins advent calendar. Uh-huh. And HBO Max happens to have Gremlins 1 and 2. And after watching Gremlins 1 again, Gremlins 1 is absolutely a Christmas movie, dude. Okay. Absolutely a Christmas movie. It's got the feel-good ending. It's, you know, you've got the love story going on. It's absolutely a Christmas movie. <coughs> but um, oh, sure. I forgot. God, just how great both of those movies are. Like, have you watched either of them recently? Uh, no, I vowed after seeing like part two in the, you know, as, as, as a yeah. teen. And it's like, oh my God, this is absolutely wretched. You didn't like two? I did not enjoy oh. two at all. No, I, I no. forgot how funny, like two is way campier. And oh why, hell yeah! Like I remember finding a lot of it funny as a teen, and then like I was like, eh, I kind of fell out, you know. But watching it now as an adult, too, it, it is so funny. There's so many just funny one-liner dumb things that they do. And my favorite gag though in two is when um, Phoebe Cates is in the elevator, and she and she's like, you know, elevator thirtieth floor. And you just hear the gremlins going up, you know, and it starts speeding up. She's like, elevator, stop. Um, and it stops. And and then she's like, tries to do something else and it won't do anything. And she's like, elevator, sound alarm. 
And you hear all the gremlins just going, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I, just, I just, oh my goodness. And there's just so many crazy things like the bar scene where the guy's getting the Warner Brothers tattooed on his chest, the Warner Brothers logo. Mm. Uh, I I really find the antics funny in two. Mm-hmm. But maybe, I maybe I have to give it a uh, give it a second go. Like I, I I haven't seen the first one in quite a while, but I loved it back then, and I'm pretty sure that I will love it today. Maybe I got to give sec the second one a, 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 a go again. I I think it's gonna be fun for you because so so start with the first one again because mm-hmm. that really sets everything up, and and you you know you, you just get so much of the folklore, and obviously that one's a little bit more serious, but then mm-hmm. the the second one, um. Oh my goodness the the guy who's uh, Daniel Clamp. I, oh my god! Hang on, let me look it up. Yeah, I know, guys. Great radio. Um, oh, this is killing me, dude. Because like you, you, you know him. We both know him in so many things, and I can't think of his name to some save, save my life. Okay. Uh, because I just saw him in uh, Shazam. Heck, 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 heck. Oh, John Glover. John Glover. Oh, okay. He he yeah. he plays Daniel Clamp, and he. I saw him two years previous in uh, Scrooged. It was the you know when I was when I really first saw him in a film, and then he's in this one, and it's just super funny because like, it you have to approach two is it's parodying everything. It's literally poking fun at you know the giant conglomerate corporations like Warner brothers would have been at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just, you know, this giant building where they have all this stuff going on and, and they were just really just, just outrageous of like, Oh, well, we have a TV studio. We have a cooking show going live. We have a genetics lab in here. This, this ridiculous stuff, you know? Um, and dude, Tony Randall from the odd couple is the brain gremlin. Okay. <laughs> Dude, like, like when you look through the cast, it's like they got great people. Mm-hmm. Like great, great people. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's a killer cast. I had so much fun with it. Like, do you, well, do you remember like when, because um, they were making their, like their own parody of like, like the grandpa from the Munsters, but like hosting like a horror show kind of thing. And he was no, Dracula. I don't remember. I don't remember very, very much of it because I just, oh. I watched it and I was just, okay, okay, this, this is just wretched. So, like I said, I have to go back and watch it. I do remember as a pro wrestling fan being thoroughly disgusted with Hulk Hogan's cameo. What? Ah. Yeah. Oh. But then again, like this was at a time when you know Hulkamania was was ruining the world of professional wrestling. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So uh, yeah, it was a it was it was a different time. It was it was a different world, and I guess I got to go back and give it a shot again. Well, do Do you remember that they used Slayer's Angel of Death? No. Oh, you dude. That that I should have remembered. Yeah, like I really like I I think you should go back give it give it a watch. Um, but again, you've got to go in realizing that they're really making fun of everything. They're they're not taking it seriously. And what well, they are and they're not like the, the story is still kind of serious and stuff like that, but just some of the ridiculous things they do are so funny. I don't know. 
Maybe I, I'm just an easy audience too. <laughs> that's a, no, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But no, like I said, I got maybe I should go back, give it a, and give it another go. All right. So, All right. last thing here, my uh, my buddy Eric that I met through the theater, mm-hmm. he um, he he texted me. He's like, "Hey, you come come to the show." I'm like, "No, dude, I'm out this week. Like, I am under the weather. I am staying away." Because I don't want to get sicker and I don't want to get anybody else sick, especially the cast. Um, <laughs> like my, my son would come near me. I'm like, dude, get away. You need to stay bright. You got to make it to Sunday. You know, but um, he he sent home. He uh, gave me Kissology Volumes 1, 2, and 3 on DVD. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm excited. Like I was looking at some of the shows and stuff on here. I'm like, oh, I need to sit down and watch these. Like this is cool. Like, this is really, really, really cool. Right on. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah, so I can't wait to watch those. Uh, hopefully, during this holiday break, we'll see what's going on here. Um, And then, in general, I wonder if I have it somewhere, if I ended up closing it. I was looking up all the different holidays were in December. Because you have the, you know... This is the time of year where it's so divisive, right? Like every, everybody is on one side or another, and, and I can't believe you won't let me say Merry Christmas. Well, don't say Merry Christmas. You don't know what people celebrate. I'm like, well, yeah. why don't we just say happy or merry whatever it is we celebrate and educate each other? Like, mm-hmm. like why are you offended? Like, Merry Christmas. What is that doing to you? It's... I... Personally, I don't think either expression is so evil that it, it can't be used. Like, when we were kids, we used both of them. You know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Yeah. No one batted an eye. Nobody I, I sure, honestly yeah. think it's it's an internet thing. Well, it's an internet it, thing. It, it it's, became it's a, a social media thing. thing. It's, there's just so many... Because there, there are people... Uh, like, we... Um, there, there, there was a company, I got to share the story because we were talking about this at work the one day and one of my coworkers at mm-hmm. one of their old jobs, right? Um, they were trying to do something different because you know, the, like there's like, well, we can't just say Merry Christmas cause it's not just Christmas. So they filled the lobby with as many of the different you know, cultural and religious holidays that they could find and think of to try to represent everybody in the company, right? So okay. obviously Christmas is there. I think they even put up like Santa Claus because, you know, Santa Claus is part of Christmas, but not Christian. But, you know, so they're doing these things. They've got a menorah for Hanukkah. They've got, um, I and I apologize for anybody who celebrates Kwanzaa. I, I can't remember if you if it's a candle or a log with candles or how it works, but whatever the thing is for Kwanzaa, they've got that up. They've got little descriptions of each one. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this sounds like my elementary school we used to do this right like they're covering all the different cultures like hey this is what they do in mexico or this is what they do here and they had to shut it all down because somebody who was a jehovah's witness complained oh i'm like why well, don't oh, celebrate geez. any of those it's like well why is any of that hurting you mm-hmm. like 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 why do you need to get that shut down because 
And, and, and right there, right there, are you being a Christian if you are trying to tell somebody else they're inferior? Because that's, right. that's no, totally. really not what that's about. It's about love. It's about unity. It's about sharing. It's about coming together as community, right? Like we should all be trying to educate and get along and we're going to shut it down. It's like, well, why? You know? So yeah, my coworkers tell me, I'm like, man, I would love to have seen that. So yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I'll, I'll never understand the motivation there, dude. Like me neither. Like, like, you know, if somebody says happy Kwanzaa to me, it does absolutely nothing to me at all. It does not hurt me. It does yeah. not put a curse on me or my family. <laughs> it's like, it oh, happy Kwanzaa. No you celebrate? Pain. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, tell me about it. You know, like, um, at, at the, at the theater show, uh, one of, one of my old co-workers, uh, Wendy, who I've talked about on the show, we met up and wore our matching anthrax Hanukkah sweatshirts. Ah, right on. You know, and we did our, our picture that we haven't been able to do for a couple of years because of COVID. And, uh, you know, I'm not Jewish. Here I am showing up in a Hanukkah sweatshirt. You know, yeah. granted it says anthrax, you know, so so extra motivation. But the point is, like, why can't everybody do things like that? You know, like, I just, I don't know. Life's too short to not have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just like to have fun everywhere I go. But anyway, um, that's enough rambling and just this chainsaw sick voice I have. Um, what's going on with you, buddy? Well, with myself, there's actually wasn't a whole hell of a lot since we last spoke. I never took in any shows. I haven't, you know, we had a couple cool albums come across my desk, but I haven't really bought anything new except, uh, and there's a kind of a cool story that goes along with this. Was it last episode or the episode before when we were talking about, no, it was last episode when we were talking about our, um, Record Store Day Black Friday haul. Oh, yeah. And that I had bought the, and I put on order, and I had bought the the uh, 40th anniversary EP for Rick Springfield's Jesse's Girl, because it's a sentimental song that meant, that, that meant something to me. Well, I went back to, once again, Planet of Sound, favorite place of mine. Shout out to Dave and Kathy there. And I'm just kind of browsing, you know, checking everything out. I find the work, the the album, the vinyl album that Jesse's Girl is on, Working Class Dog. It's like seven bucks. It's in good shape. Okay. I don't know how often I'll play this. Why not? Why not? Okay. So I grabbed it. A couple minutes later... Kathy comes, you know, uh, approaches me, you know, and she's got a record in her hand. And she goes, well, since you bought the single last week here, how about the album? She tried to upsell me on a record that I had in my hand. That's <laughs> that was, awesome. That was great. So that's, was, dude, that's so funny. So we had, we, we had a really great laugh about that. And I also found Springfield's follow-up record, Success Hasn't Spoiled Me Yet, as well. And I grabbed that because that was, you know, good shape, seven bucks. Why not? Spent more on coffee that day. 
okay, why why not? So I grabbed those two Rick Springfield records that I absolutely loved as a kid back in the day. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know how often I'll play these two albums and all that, but um, yeah, just just for my own personal sentiment, I went straight from from the record shop just down the road. I met up with my brood there, who was already at the Galaxy Comic Shop that we go to every Saturday. Okay, and there's a new series. I haven't. There are only two issues in. Okay, I. Picked up the second issue, but I haven't got a chance to it. But I've already given the first issue the once over, and I'm really enjoying it. It's Halloween's Seeker of the Seven Keys comic books. Oh, rock on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, of course, Halloween back in the day had the Keeper of the Seven Keys and all that. Well, this time it's in this comic series. It's the Seeker of the seven keys where it's basically different stories about people seeking these mystical magic seven keys. And I'm really enjoying it so far. So if you get a chance, everyone like you you know, particularly yourself, the next time you're in your local comic shop, I would suggest that, yeah, you, you pick up Halloween's seeker of the seven keys. Like I said, there are only two issues in. So not that deep. I gotta agree with you. Yeah, the new blood clot was really was really digging that, or at least a couple of the tracks so far. I think we'll drop the title track in a bit after um, after we play your big bulbs song there. And another really cool record that I was enjoying was Cleveland's Embalm. Now this was a band that goes back. To the second, well, I guess, oh, I don't know, the, the early 90s. Is that the first, the second wave of death metal or the the first, the, the, the first true first wave of death metal, you know, with the obituaries, the deicides, yeah. you know, death, the morbid angel, all, all, all those bands. And Balm were part of that. Don't think they signed on to any reputable labels, but they you know, played some major festivals in that area and um, their demos were quite well received throughout the underground. Well, 20 Bucks Spin picked up um, their old um, demos from the 90s and put them on a new vinyl CD compilation, Prelude to Obscurity. I came across my desk and I was playing that. Really, really cool stuff. You know, it takes you back. I love it. I love shit that takes me back to those days, like when a when when a record from the '80s gets re-released, or a band like Toxic or Zentrix, they put out new music um, this year as well. Um, last week, we what did we play? Oh shit. What was it we recently played? Um, shit, a Leather Wolf song last week. Oh, yeah. I'm you like, know, I'm thinking, I'm like, dude, back. I don't remember five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I know, I love it when these old bands make new material and, you know, enterprising labels like 20 Bucks Spin, they go into the vault and they grab all this stuff and present it to a new generation. So, let's kind of 
get into all of that how about um like i said the title track from the new blood blood clot record this is souls
From the aforementioned prelude to obscurity record from the mighty Embalm, that is exquisite tenderness. Oh, I took one look at that title and said, I thought, okay, dude, gotta do that song. That sounds just so twisted for a death metal song. I think that works really, really well. So yeah, those two records available now. Go and check them out. And then once once again, hit the comic shop, grab that Halloween series. And while you're at it, the Cradle of Filth comic series as well. I've we're up to like four issues of that. Four four or five issues there. So great stuff, great stuff. It's always cool to find um when metal pops up in places outside of the live the live circuit or the record shop. Because we're everywhere. We're everywhere. For sure, for sure. Well, thank you, my friend. You actually brought something to my attention that I really want this. <laughs> okay. You said, dude, dude, check this out. Okay. Then the latest, the last Motorhead record, Black Magic, is being re-released as a box set. Okay. Right on, right on. This is cool. I kind of went over the... I, I gave it the once over, all the really cool stuff involved with this, including a... Um, this will include a well, a new-ish song. They had a song called Bullet in Your Brain from one of the sessions from a couple records before Black Magic. Well, they're including it in this set and is the song is available on youtube right now i've already given it a spin really really cool motorhead stuff as well a live 2015 set from the mount fiji rock fest always good to have a cool motorhead concert an interview with lemmy right on right on and this is the thing that got me thinking okay we need this is going to be our discussion segment for this episode because like all it takes for me you know just just something just just to give me that little of inspiration you know and, and i think it will work out murder a murder one ouija board yes i said that correctly a ouija board i thought it was ouija it's ouija uh, it's Ouija. I've heard many different. Okay, like when you see the the movie Witchboard. Yeah. Okay, when you go back with with Tony Katane, every metalhead should know this this movie. I but, know of it. I've never seen it. Oh, dude, you got to see Witchboard. Okay, it's 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 a great '80s haunting ghost movie with with with. With Tony Katane, you had me at Tony Katane, uh-huh, uh-huh. and like so, and I'm one of those weirdos. that's actually a fan of '80s Tony Katane, like pre-implants. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know how you haven't seen Witchboard. Oh, me neither. That's a gorgeous you, you one right there. You definitely need to see it. Well, in this movie, characters have had the discussion whether or not is it Ouija or Ouija. Okay, so awesome. like ever since then, like I call one one day I'll call it Ouija, another day I'll call it Ouija, and you know I'm not a fucking gra- grammar Nazi or anything like that. We can definitely go either way on that. Well, this 
black magic box set comes with a Ouija board, a Ouija board, with an Ace of Spades blanchet on it. Like the the design yeah. is inspired by Motorhead's Ace of Spades. And the idea of this, if you believe in this stuff, okay, whether you do or not, that's totally up to you. The idea is to use this to contact Lemmy. <laughs> okay. See, that alone. Okay, first of all, what would Mrs. Aaron's reaction be if you were to bring a Ouija, Ouija, Ouija board into the house? Well, she would not be thrilled with it at right. all. Um, but then, you know, I'm like, oh, but I want to talk to Lemmy. She's like, weirdo. You know, <laughs> but like, so let, let's back up for a second. When I saw this and then it had a Ouija board, I immediately had a sentence. You come like, okay, dude, this is so cool. Like, what a crazy thing to put in a box set. But would it be that big of a deal if all the original motor Motorhead members were still alive? Because think, think about it. Like, the original Motorhead lineup, all dead, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so w- would... You know, would would this because I mean, you know, Black Magic Ouija board totally makes sense. And you know, if 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 everybody was still alive, be like, oh, okay, that's cool, Ouija board, neat. But the fact that all the original Motorhead members are dead and they made their own Motorhead Ouija board, that that's what just got me. I'm like, okay, now that's just that's funny. Right? It is. It's like, so twisted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you know, Lemmy would approve. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, if, if 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 somebody's like, dude, after you die, we're gonna put out a box set with a Ouija board. You know, he would have just started laughing. He's like, oh, oh my yeah. goodness, you gotta do down. it. I would so be down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that would be absolutely. Yeah, and I'm not one for box sets and all that, but I I think I want this. You yeah, know? just 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 to have that. Now I know. Mrs. Snowy, you know, she hasn't practiced it much, you know, lately, but she is, she is a Wiccan. Okay, so once again, just, just like Mrs. Aaron, I don't think she'd be too thrilled with something like this coming into the house. But once again, but if I say, you know, it's all part of the Motorhead box set and, and all that, and it's just a really cool item, she, she, she's cool enough to go, okay. You know, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And I guess the Ouija board goes back to, like, it was a child's toy. Like, a- after the Exorcist movie and then into the early, into the mid-70s, the Ouija, Ouija board, it was a game for children. Oh, yeah, dude. It was sold by Parker Brothers. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't this big thing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't scary. It was for kids to play with. Yeah. And then just over the years, you know, as the years progressed and all that, and I'm sure the satanic panic of the 80s certainly didn't help things. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden it went from a kid's toy, you know, to this big thing that must be feared, you know, because it's going to conjure up evil spirits and attack you in your sleep and make you watch Good Times reruns. And, well, you know, like, it's just... And, and the thing is, it's, it's, again, one of those things that's been so sensationalized, both 
ways, right? Where you have the people that are like so against it and then the people that just love it so much, like there's a giant Ouija board throw rug you can get for your, um, like for your living room or whatever. And my favorite meme with that, I don't know if you've seen it, but like, you know, they have this giant rug and it's a Ouija board. I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. And then it has the caption, it's all fun and games till the Roomba summons a demon. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I couldn't help but laughing. That's, oh. that's all fun and games until Linda Blair spewing pea soup at you. Exactly, dude. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, 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 I think, like, Parker Parker Brothers was supposed to be a reproduction of a Ouija board. You know, there's, uh, I've never taken the time to really, like, look it up because there was enough folklore going around about it. Um, and, and I didn't like to me- mess with, like, any anything that just really felt like a black magic kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm staying away from that. And so mm-hmm. I always stayed away from Ouija boards. I'm like, nope, we've crossed my threshold. You know, hanging out in the graveyard at midnight all all day long, all night long in this case. You know, mm-hmm. somebody's like, meet me at the graveyard at midnight. Sure, I'm already there. I'm probably, it's, it's Tuesday, right? Yeah, no, I'll already be there. Yeah, I'll you bring know. the beer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm normally by, the, like, Big Tree, Third Gravestone. You know, when, when we were coming back from Maine back in, the, like, the late 90s, a group of us, we were attending a friend's wedding. And one of them's like, dude, let's stop off in Salem. I'm like, yeah. Mm. He's like, why? I'm like, uh, or no, or I asked him why. He's like, well, my, my grandmother was burned for being a witch or like great grandmother, great, some relative or whatever. Right. I want to see if we can find the grave. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So here we are in Salem at midnight, walking through a graveyard, <laughs> trying to find, you know, this kid's grandmother. When it finally hit him, he's like, Oh, they wouldn't have marked witches' graves. I'm like, oh, uh, but dude, we saw graves that were like from the 1600s. Wow. You know, gravestones. It was, and then we had a shit scared out of us because there was a homeless man sleeping under a tree, and we heard him storm. We all jumped. <laughs> it was great, dude. It was like a movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was dude, so okay. So you've been in a graveyard in Salem. You yeah. grew up beside where Night of the Living Dead. Yeah shot like dude you have to write a book like i guess more like a couple paragraphs you know it was a good time but it's just like but again like like the night of the living dead like that sort of stuff because i just i grew up in very spooky environments so like the old spooky haunted mansion stuff doesn't bother me like i just like that stuff but when you start talking summoning demons i'm like nope not fucking around with that have a great day (laughs) fair enough fair enough Although that first Venom record, I don't know, man. Like that was some <laughs> demon summoning shit right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the whole idea yeah. of a Motorhead Ace of Spades Ouija board got me thinking. Yeah. What would you ask, Lemmy? Okay, like just. Okay, you you have the opportunity, you know. You're work, you're working your Ouija, and you're spinning the thing around, and you 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 do out the the question. Like, what would you ask, Lemmy? Because unfortunately, we never had one of my biggest regrets is like we never had Lemmy on Radioactive Metal. 
And it's obviously it would have been a bucket list interview. Actually, anyone, anyone from, you know, any incarnation of Motorhead, Fast Eddie Clark, you know, because we were big Fastway fans as well. Like he, he would have been, you know, an amazing, um, he would have been an amazing interview as well. Me personally, I was thinking about it and I just, I don't think there's any one specific question that I would ask Lemmy. I would do exactly what I'm doing right now. I got a bottle of Jack with my Motorhead mug. And I would just pour some drinks. And dude, just let's just start talking. Let's start. Let's just share war stories. You know, like I'll share stories from working on radioactive metal. Why don't you tell me some stories, you know, you know, about life in Motorhead. You know, oh, I'll even... Even press record. That'd be so cool, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. That'd be that'd be a fun fun use of of you know summoning a dead person. But I was thinking, I'm like, you know, because if you're talking through the Ouija board, it's all got to be, you know, typically yes no answers, short things or whatever. And you know, but then there's me. I like I I I was thinking, I'm like, why well, want to start with start off with small talk? Like, well, okay. So let me. How's the afterlife? You know, like (laughs) now, now that you're dead, like, do you know everything? Do you see everything? Or do I still have to tell you stuff? You know, because that leads into my next question. Like the real question I would ask and be like, dude, recommend a book for me, you know, but like, if he doesn't know everything, then we should start with, start with books that I, I like, I've already read or like, okay, I read this kind of stuff, but like, what, what's like the one book that you feel everybody should read? Because cause that, that's the thing is like, Lemmy was this voracious seeker of knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, while at the same time being an insane hellraiser. <laughs> no puns intended you here mean, at all. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know? I didn't catch that right away. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like he was just, he, he was just Lemmy. That's what he did. I'm like, you know, like that's the kind of stuff I'm like, well, okay. You know, I would, I would like, like, give me, like, what's a book that I should absolutely read? Like, what's something that changed you, like, and why? You know, and, and I would love to, like, have that opportunity, like, like, you know, figure that out. But, like, I love where you're going with the war stories, but I'd, I'd want to go back and be like, okay, dude, you grew up in London in the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Like what was forties and because I mean this is the guy who was born was it Christmas Eve forty five was that it do I have that right because he when? was he was seventy when he passed right do I have that right was it Christmas yeah, Eve nineteen forty five it was so the war is is over at that point or is it probably in the process of ending uh, oh you're talking about when he was born yeah yeah. Yeah, he would, yeah, he would, yeah. Been December twenty fourth, nineteen forty five. He was a boomer, yeah. Yeah. Well, but like nineteen forty five is important because the war ends in August of forty five, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so here you are being born at the end of the year that the war. I mean, just months after this horrific thing that struck all of Europe is over, and. You're a newborn, right? So by 1946, the war's only over a year. You're a year old. And then you start learning to walk. Like, that had to be a very interesting time to grow up. You know? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. 
and 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 just there there had like I would I would be really fascinated to like well like what was that like what did people do what what were things that you saw that were definitely like war throwbacks that, that like kind of scarred people because he he you know he lived long enough obviously to see the people that were scarred by it and then to see the generation after him come up and then have to still deal with some of those people that are scarred by it just you know it's very I, the whole thing's uh, I I would love to have that conversation with him. So yeah, yeah makes that, sense. That, that's my that's yeah. my nerd nerd talk for the day. Yeah. No, no, I totally I totally get that. I totally get that. Cliff Burton was one of the all time greats. Uh, oh, obviously, yeah. like like that that is the Cliff Burton. As much as we all love Jason Newstead, okay, you know because we remember Jason going back to that first. Flotsam and Jetsam record uh, as much as you know uh, still like Cliff those first three records and of course Justice as well that is my Metallica okay and so to contact Cliff who we he left us way too soon okay I would want his honest opinion of the Black album oh that'd be fun Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'd like his opinion on justice. Oh, that yeah, okay, no, that's fair ball too. Yeah, I I would like like because because he still wrote songs that were on justice. Okay, and, then he would definitely be on board with that. Yeah, so I'm like, I would like to, I'd li- but I'd like to hear like, what's your opinion on justice? And um, have you been haunting Lars for fucking over a new set like that? Ah, you know. Yeah, that whole when that that whole story came about how they like hazed him relentlessly. Oh god, yeah. Like I was just oh god, like that's that's just terrible. Like and I understand, well I don't I don't understand like I get it. You know, they they were still mourning the loss of Cliff and they were taking it out on him, but that still didn't make it right. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it just uh, I kind of lost respect you know, and that was still my Metallica. Yeah. Okay. And I just kind of like, uh, you guys, come on. Yeah, and you know what's 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 nice to see though. I mean, they're still going. Obviously, they've got the new album coming out, but I mean, you can clearly see a difference in Metallica now versus Metallica then, and mm-hmm. it's it's never going to change the fact that that really sucks for Newstead, and he put up with a lot of shit to be in that band and you know, nobody else who's going to be in Metallica um, after Newstead is ever going to have to go through what he had to go through. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so we're never going to change that, but at least they've changed, you know, Mm -hmm. like they could still be colossal assholes and we could be like on their 17th bass player by now because they just keep chasing them out. Right. Thankfully they're not, you know, yeah, but who's gonna haze Trillo though? Like, really? <laughs> I don't know, like, man. I, I don't think that's a guy you want to fuck with. <laughs> I, I, I think he's a pretty quiet guy. I think. He's oh, I'm, still I'm really sure he me. is, but I don't know if I would want to pick a fight with him in a bar. You know what I mean? Not I that don't I'm... know, man. I think Newstead was more of a scrapper. Uh... <laughs> Here, here's a future topic. Which metal artist do you think we could kick their ass? <laughs> oh, none of them, dude. I don't know. I 
I think I can take more than I than than I can't. I yeah. mean, are we talking like new bands? Like new bands, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, we'll 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 do a health the healthy mix of the young and the old, of the classic yeah. and the new. <laughs> I mean, possibly Henry Rollins now. Maybe yeah, not back then. Not if back I then. sneak up behind him with chloroform, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but. Mean, Definitely not Henry Rollins in the eighties. No, 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 no. I think yeah, that guy was way too intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I would like, would have even liked Tank him. You know, like even liked him back then. I don't know. I don't know. We've had the good fortune of having him on the show and all that, and he seems like a really cool guy now. I don't know. So it's just something to think about, which. <laughs> which which bands do you think you could take and which uh maybe not maybe not maybe not the pantera tour yeah okay is oh this has been so divisive amongst fans okay and it's just like there's been a number of things th- this year the new metallica song the megadeth record the Pantera tour. Dude, okay, back up for the the Megadeth record. Somebody was giving you shit for buying the new Megadeth, and uh, like on Facebook, I can't remember like, the comment. And I'm just like, go fucking listen to it first. Oh yeah, it was a buddy of mine. Yeah, yeah. he was he. I was saying, uh, what the hell was I saying? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, but he was kind of ribbing me for for enjoying this. But I'm like, dude, this is it's this a great is, record. It's the best album since Rust. Yeah, Not the best Megadeth. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a great record. Great record. Hmm. Yeah. No, for sure, for sure, Check for sure. The so, ice off your heart. You know? We have we have all these we have all these um things that are like it's yeah. Uh, like in the U.S., like it's left, it's right, it's oh, like God, yeah. it's so bad, and it's getting so bad up here in Canada. The same thing. It's geese. So... It's moose. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. And up here, it's the new Metallica song, the new Megadeth record, the new Pantera tour, maple okay. syrup, back bacon. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well. I can't help but think if we contacted the Abbott brothers and got their opinion okay, on this fun. touring incarnation of Pantera, that would probably stop a lot of um, a lot of this division. Because if they if they endorse it, then everyone shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. And if they're like, you know what, we're really not too, uh, yeah, you know what, I don't think it's a good idea, then, yeah, then maybe it's not a good idea. So I would definitely love to throw that question to them. Like, I think, um, I don't know how, what Vinny's reaction would be, but his brother, I think, would be all for it. So I think they'd be all for it if they got another vocalist. Like, like I, I'd be interested to know if the bad the, blood is gone between them and Anselmo. Yeah, but that's the only thing that kind of sort of makes it Pantera is Anselmo's vocalist, right? Like him, him singing, like that. That that's it. I mean, Rex, get Terry Rex Blaze. Is, I 
<laughs> you suck, man. <laughs> I, I couldn't help it, man. <laughs> okay. Hey, but that's the only thing that kind of makes it. That's the only thing that that makes it anything close to a Pantera tour. Yeah. Like Rex has had to step down. Yeah. You know, like so it's like it's like him. It's the Phil Anselmo project. So if it's like if it's nobody, you know, then it's not it's not even Pantera. So it'd be kind of be kind of interesting, you know, to get to get their their take on yeah. it. Yeah, I I am sure that Dime is stoked that um, I like I like I I can I feel like I could safely guarantee that he is thrilled that Zach is uh, playing the guitar parts. That's that's yeah, that's a key point right there. You know, because they were friends in real life away from the stage and all that, and and I've been saying this. I've been saying this on the show for years, even before, even before, you know, Vinny left us and, you know, the whole idea of a Pantera, you know, without the original guitarist and all that, like I've said from the start, if it's Zach, then all's good. Hit the stage. Let's give her. Yeah. You know, and I I think that's kind of why, um, we went with them just recently a facebook friend of mine um it was actually she's going by a different name now um but jade willow okay you will recall we had her on the show i think was it last year we were talking about her modeling her 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 black metal modeling and her only fans and just everything that went into that. We had a fantastic chat. She's a fantastic lady. I, I've obviously I've never met her. I contact you know a lot on Facebook, and I consider her a really good friend now. She posted one of those um, Facebook questions like this music this music opinion, you know, would get you roasted or whatever, and I responded you know in in the thread by saying you know venom in the 80s venom merciful fate um the first couple slayer records possessed these bands were actually black metal okay and you could throw those first four battery records into that mix as well that was when I I loved Bathory the most when they were kind of when he Quarthon, you know, it was basically him. He was um he was full on full on eighties black metal and those fucking oh those first four records are just amazing. Okay, um, and unfortunately Quarthon left us way too soon. Okay, I think it was what the late nineties. When Quarthon left us, and it's just it was it was way too soon, and it was just that was one of those deaths that of uh, like we've had people that we know personally on the show that have passed away that we've had them on we've had communication with them. Those are the deaths that hit hard that hit the hardest, obviously. But the death of Quarthon was definitely kind of rough as a fan's perspective because just like Chuck Schulander as well, like these guys are young, yeah. 
you know, and it's natural causes and it's, it's tragic. It's, it's tragic. With that in mind, with Bathory having such a big part in 80s black metal and the idea of, because now like younger black metal fans, oh, well, black metal started in the early 90s with Mayhem and, uh, and Emperor and Burzum, that whole um, Scandinavian wave of, 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 of black metal. Right. That was the starting point. I have a very different take on that. I would love to throw that question to Quarthon. Hmm. When do you think black metal started? Was it with you and King Diamond and Kronos and, you know, and the, and the guys from Possessed? Or are you going to give the credit, you know, to the people that you influenced? I think that would make for a really interesting question. And unfortunately, it's it's never going to get answered. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, I think I think even Corthon's dad, who continued the black metal or black mark productions record label for a while there. I think he passed away about five years ago. That was that was rough as well. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Unfortunately, that that's never going to be answered. And then this is it's just one of those. While it's not divisive, this this question, I've gotten a lot of different questions. I've gotten a lot of different answers to this because I've had this discussion on Facebook more than once. And I noticed the older, the more veteran guys like 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 you and I, they have one idea, and the younger, the young bucks, you know, they've they've definitely got a different answer. So I would really like to know what 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 Corthon would have had to have said. And yeah, go right to the source. Yeah, yeah, and you've heard um, Jonas Eckerland. No. The. The film, the filmmaker who did the Lord of Chaos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy. He's he he was a member. He worked with Quarthon under the under the Bathory banner back in the eighties. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, why, Jonas? Why are you doing a biopic on Gigi Allen? Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, uh, this is this is kind of off topic, but since we're talking about it, what's what's your take on that? Have have you heard this? I don't understand why Gigi Allen is such a big deal. Like everything I've learned, the more that I like that I learn, that I read, that I hear, he was a hot mess who was lucky yeah. to have lived as long the as he lived. The guy's and a complete putz. Yes. There's nothing discernible. There's no like great music. Like this is no Black Flag, you know. This is no uh-huh. Mozart's Fortieth. Um, that's I can't figure out why people are just like, oh, Gigi, like why, like, like, like I I would love to find somebody who's really a Gigi Allen fan and and have them explain to me like, well, why? What's the big deal here? And mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm expecting the pretentious. Well, if you have to ask, 
then uh, you know you should already know i'm like nope nobody no. No. no i think the guy was a complete moron a complete and you don't want to speak ill of the dead i get that but i i i don't get it i don't get it i'm not too thrilled about seth putnam from anal cunt as well that guy was that guy was kind of a putz as well no oh yeah oh, no you. i'm still here sorry having issues here with my headphones here we go okay yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't get why people just revere Gigi Allen. And know. what's and you and you know how I am about keeping our dirty laundry in the closet, you know? Because who who are the people that are watching Motley Crue's The Dirt? Right. Okay. There's a certain number of Crue fans. Yes. Right. But the vast, the vast majority of people watching these biopics and not just something controversial like Motley Crue, but I'm talking um, the Bohemian Rhapsody, the Rocket Man. The majority of these people watching these movies probably aren't even music fans. Right. You know, it's the same thing with all the Marvel and superhero movies. Most of those people that are watching, you know, the Avenger movies haven't read a comic book in their life. Right. You know, but it's, you know, big flashy lights, big, big bang, boom. And they're they're awesome movies. okay, but they're catering to a mainstream audience. So now there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be tuning into this fucking Gigi Allen movie. And it's going to make us all look bad because this fucking guy made us look bad. And let's just. Yeah, yeah, Gigi Allen can be just that thing that we don't speak to normies about. It's just stuff that we can keep to ourselves. Yeah, like, I don't know. Because I, I, I remember everybody in the 90s was talking about him when Industrial was happening, right? And they are calling him like a godfather of Industrial. But just like I said, like, the more that I read him, like, I, I just don't see it. Like, I... I honestly see more a composer like John Cage, and which who we may or may not have talked about on this show before, but he was considered like the modern era of composers. And that guy, like I feel like he he's like a predecessor to modern industrial, you know, with the crazy experimental stuff he was doing, and he's doing some out there stuff, but it's still discernible music. Mm-hmm. You know, even though some of it may be tough to listen to and 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 weird, weird stuff, but it's not Gigi Allen. Gigi Allen was just unhinged. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh no, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, and I, I can't even think of anything that I would ask him. I didn't even think of this. I don't have him on a list or anything. Like I, I, I don't know what I would ask him. I just nothing. I'd be like, "How's your mental health now, buddy? How you doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you, actually have you found peace. I actually would like, and this this actually might be a good, you know, a good discussion or whatever. We just ask ask fans of Gigi Allen, ask fans of Count Asshole there from Burzum and all that. You know, like. What makes you be? What makes you a fan of people like this? Like there are women 
that are in love with serial killers. Yeah. Uh, you know, you read about these these women that are, you know, they're communicating through the mail of pen pals with Richard Ramirez. And, you know, it's like, why? Like, <laughs> what, what, what are you getting out of this? Maybe that's what we need to do. Talk to, talk to fans of Gigi Allen and all that. Like, what do you see in this? It, that would be interesting. Be an interesting chat. What would be interesting? Okay, and let's get. We're, we're gonna get. We want to make time for tonight's indie spotlight. But what would be interesting is we lost. Was it last year? Or the year before? We lost Meatloaf. Wasn't that just this year? Uh, no, no, no. I think it was last year. Okay, now I gotta but, look it up. Yeah, it was still. Yeah, yeah. While while you're doing that, okay. Yeah. And we lost one of the all-time greats. His daughter, Pearl Day, oh, yeah. is married to Scott Ian. Yes. Now, <laughs> I would love to get the God's honest truth from Meatloaf. And since he's no longer with us, he's got nothing to lose. The first time Scott Ian knocked on his door... <laughs> And I'm sure, okay, Pearl was an adult, okay, but I'm just kind of envisioning a younger Pearl, a younger Scotty, and, and he knocks on the door. Excuse me, Mr. Meatloaf, sir, I've got a date with Pearl tonight. What is his initial reaction to Scotty? <laughs> well, according to Scott, it was not well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did he mention it in his book? Yeah, um, I can't remember if it was in the book or if it was one of his spoken word shows. Oh, okay. I think he had a story about Meatloaf. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> according to Scott, Meatloaf was not a fan. Um, but yeah, it was just this year. It was January of 2022. Oh, okay. See, that's pretty close to Oh, yeah. Year. Yeah, it, it, that's, that's a fine line. Because didn't we lose Betty White like at the end of 99? So it was just like this st- stretch of people that were just mm-hmm. passing away. Yeah, well, yeah, that's... That's bad. I finally, I, I don't know why. I bought a um, secondhand uh, CD of Bad Out of Hell. Okay, and I've never owned this record before. I just, I just bought it when I went to Montreal. I forgot to mention this on the Metal Fix and all that. But right beside our Airbnb, okay, there was a pawn shop. And, you know, when we went across the street to order dinner, well, it'll be about a half hour. Well, here, let's go kill some time in this pawn shop across the street beside where we're staying and all that. And I found some CDs and the Bat Out of Hell was one of them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's the first time I've owned this album in any way, shape or form. And I know all the songs, you know, just throughout, through, throughout all the years. But believe it or not, I just, that's the first time I ever owned it. It's just, just, just this year. So definitely be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, just to get that father's perspective because we would know, okay, when a long haired metalhead guy knocks on the door looking for our daughter, we would know not to be that instant, to have that instant prejudice. I know, man. I remember myself. I think I'd be locking the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I was a totally different guy in my teens. 
you know, like so. I mean, if if it's a if it's a metalhead showing up at the door, it, it it's gonna be you know okay. Name any song from the first three Metallica records. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and then where in the Slayer catalog? The Slayer, the Slayer trilogy. What what three records are considered like Slayer's trilogy? You know. Okay. All right. And then, like, I think I'd have to really mess with them and just be like, <laughs> "Who recorded the the guitar solo on Chuck Berry's Johnny Be Good?" There you go. You know. See that that I would like that I would do just yeah just just to mess with the kid it, it, it gives no indication on what kind of guy he is, but you know <laughs> imagine imagine that he comes he knocks on the door and I just just through the course of conversation just to mess with this kid I just totally school his ass not not only on old school stuff but modern stuff as well like just to see the look on his face. You know, yeah, you think you're good enough for my little girl? You know, <laughs> you kid, you can't tell me, you know, who who this guy is. Get out of here, you fucking, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, I totally get that. I totally get that. <sighs> and what I totally get is what is going to be the awesomeness of tonight's indie spotlight oh shit no actually i want to drop a track here oh, drop it like it's hot yeah yeah let's 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 do some music here i almost forgot if you don't mind dude one of my all-time favorite battery records is the return the second record out of those four awesome set there um and my favorite track off of that is born for burning from the mighty bathory
I was actually, as we speak, yesterday years old when I found out that Quarthon, the mighty Bathory, had a sister in the music industry. Yes, wow. Jenny, Jenny Tembler put out a couple albums under Jenny Tembler's Out of Oblivion. And I had no idea. Uh, you know, like you know when you and I've said I've said this before many times when you hear a piece of trivia and it's like why didn't I know that I totally should have known that okay I had no idea with this and I felt like a total total knob yeah that Jenny Tembler's out of oblivion even existed that was the title track from her record till death tear us apart and i don't know this for sure but i'm just kind of wondering if that if, the, if that song title was kind of an inspiration to her from you know a dedication and inspiration about her brother you know leaving uh it's way too soon so yeah on one hand like i said i wish i would have known that but I love discovering new music, you know, and that fits nicely. Speaking of fitting in nicely and discovering new music, let's get to it now. This is in tonight's Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. So I totally had another band all lined up for tonight's Indie Spotlight. But when I was just kind of pissing around on the interwebs, I discovered the band Sith Lord. And I know Aaron's big on the Star Wars. I'm big on the Star Wars. I think maybe we should give this band a listen and bump them on to tonight's indie spotlight so i did just that their latest release from out of darkness ah, a couple years ago now i believe it came out but let's give their track let them suffer their plight in tonight's indie spotlight <sighs> This is Sith Lord.
sithlordthrash.com is their website or just go to sithlordthrash.bandcamp.com throw them a couple bucks to get the wicked record from out of darkness and give in to the dark side you knob Bob and Doug McKenzie fans will know that reference <laughs> dude that's pretty funny Right on, right on. I knew you would like this. Well, my friend, I want to thank you for, you know, toughing it out so we can all hear that you're not 110. But I knew once we started talking about today's to tonight's topic and all that, you would muster up the strength and give her all that you had. But we're going to wrap her up here now. Bring this crazy train into the station so you can uh, rest and enjoy the uh, rest of the holidays to get us on out of here. I tapped a uh, song from the mighty master, Paul Speckman's master, of course, who's always oh, way too long since we've had him on the show, but former radioactive metal alum. Mr. Paul Speckman, the latest master record, The Witch Hunt. Let's, uh, I have to, I had to go with the track, The American Dream, obviously. Anyone who's known me for more than 10 seconds, that is something that we have to get out there. Um, how can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, radioactivemetal.org. That's all the stuff, past, present, future. Rabmetal666 at gmail.com to drop us a line at Rabmetal666 to see pictures on Instagram. And um, I put up pictures of my advent calendar as promised, so I actually hit that last time. So definitely check that out. Facebook.com slash Rabmetal. That's where you'll see a lot of Snowy's adventures at the record stores. Occasionally they make it to Instagram where we're like, we're, we're figuring this out day by day, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's all the major stuff there. Oh yeah. So, uh, it's also at red metal, uh, 666 on Twitter and man, I gotta say Twitter is so much more fun now. And I think I said this last week, but I've been on recently and here's what's fun about Twitter. Everybody is on there trying to tell Elon Musk he's the devil and all, all this sort of stuff. And, you know, while he's like, listen, I'm going to promote free speech and people come back and forth and lash out. Do you know what one of the trending hashtags on on Twitter is? It's got to be like kill Elon or something. It, close. Elon Musk is a fascist. Okay. Now, for everyone who's trying to say that Elon Musk is a fascist, if he were a real fascist who owned a company, he would have shut everything down. No, that's true. Like, I mean, I'm, no fan, gone. I'm a fan of him, but yeah, you're, like, you're, you're right. So the point is, love him or hate him, he's sticking true to it. You know, I, I, other people would, would turn things down, try to direct the conversation the way they, the way they want. And, I honestly think he's setting up a Kobayashi Maru. 
Yeah, I'm pulling your Star Trek knowledge. Do you do you know what I'm getting at here? Um, uh, like you said that, and I'm like, okay, why? Where do I know that from? So the Kobayashi Maru is the unbeatable test in Star Trek, and Captain Kirk cheats. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, and um, but you know, he's sitting at the Kobayashi Maru, where I think he is. I I think he's trying to prove that Twitter bots have been influencing lots of things. Because he put up a poll like, should I remain CEO? I'll abide by these results. And, you know, it, it was a resounding 57% said, no, you shouldn't be CEO, step down kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, or maybe it was, I should, step, should I step down from CEO? And it was 57% yes. Whatever it was, and mm. it's everybody's in favor of him stepping down. But what you when you start to compare the likes, the results with similar polls he's done and how people have reacted, things don't match up. Like yes, like like they, they got all these votes, but other things didn't happen. Other other things that would have been definitely an organic part of that conversation. And so I'm like, oh, he's setting people up. You know, but he's he's been like exposing lots of things, posting things. But here's here's what I really like about Twitter right right now. Mm-hmm. It is really easy to ignore that shit if you don't want to see it. <laughs> yes, it's not like that on Facebook or Instagram. Like on Facebook or Instagram, like to not see that negative stuff, you essentially have to get rid of all your friends. You know. Or you have to know who's going to post what, because I, I have some Facebook friends that, okay, when I, I'm, I'm at the point where most of the shit is just political stuff that I don't, yeah. I, I don't agree with, I don't, you know, and I just, I see the name as I'm scrolling, and I just keep going, and the problem with that, with, okay, this is my personal experience, Yeah. if you're going to pound my timeline with a bunch of shit, that I don't agree with, that I don't want to talk about, that I don't want to see. Some one of these times you're going to post something really important that you think that's non-political, and I'm not even going to notice because you've already you're already telling me that you know this this is all that you want to talk about. Right, right. They've already and poisoned I, the world. I just yeah, and I don't have the time or the inclination. You know, like. I see so many. I see so many things on social media that part of me wants to get into it, but then as I start typing something, I lose. I, my interest is gone. I'm just. I don't want to do this. I don't have the the time or the inclination to argue with people on the internet. That's like screaming at a wall. Well, but that's just it, though, right? And that's how social media works. That's how it keeps you engaged. It keeps showing you outrageous things to get you to interact to get you to like or respond or something right that feeds the algorithm but twitter you can easily go read that stuff shut it off completely avoid it make twitter lists so you never see that no like it's i'm i've and here's something else that's cool i'm on you know like facebook instagram i'm barely on facebook but instagram Instagram will feed me stuff all the time. And I'm like, 
why the fuck do you think I'm interested in this? It says, well, this is based on blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? No, just no. Like, I'm barely on Twitter for like maybe five minutes a day right now, right? I go okay. and I scroll, look at a couple things, and, and I don't even react often. Like, I'll retweet something, maybe, maybe give something a light. I, I don't interact, I'll just read. It's already suggesting me, like, oh, hey, you should follow this metal thing. Hey, you should follow this thing about Godzilla. Like, it's figured me out faster than, <laughs> you know, um, Instagram that I spend a ton of time on, you know. So, you know, love him, hate him, say whatever you want, but he's doing the things he promised, you know, and that that's that's something man you know it's fun but anyway that's not why we're here mm -hmm. we're closing out the show but um anyway we are trying to interact on twitter a little bit more just because now it's becoming a place that you know you do have yeah, choice maybe 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 that's something i should do for like i i have to be more active on instagram i have to be more active on radioactive metals facebook maybe i should you know for a new year's resolution do more tweeting i think it's called like yes. just get, get involved with that who knows yeah that'd be fun that'd be fun but mm -hmm. so we got those but then um you can find us on itunes speaker stitcher insert podcast host here mm -hmm. and then we are also on spotify and the reason we're on spotify is because of the fine folks at shining wizards network so shiningwizardsnetwork.com Look up the Shining Wizards Network on Spotify. You'll find us there with a host of other fun, and I do mean fun, fun, fun podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is Wrestling Night in Canada, uh, where the hosts Ooh. sound like Ducky and Snowy. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. Good-looking guys. Good-looking guys. Handsome fellas. They are handsome fellas. Yeah. You know, so that's what's going on. That's our stuff. Um, and I guess that's it. I made it. I did it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Once again, thank Oof. you so much. I don't know. Okay, we're just a couple days before Christmas Eve, so I don't know as we're getting into the holidays. So you and I are gonna have to sit down to just, you know, are we gonna wait until the new year to do a new episode? Can we squeeze one in between Christmas and New Year's? I don't know. We probably squeeze it in. I yeah. Out. I just I just don't know all the holidays right now i do have a um new year's eve okay i'm not really doing anything i know new year's eve is a big night for me obviously i'm a social butterfly I go out and party there's always lots of shows going on or whatnot this this year though if we don't if we don't go to a hockey game or something like that i'm going to do I'm just going to be coffee PJs hanging out in the living room because New Year's Day, January 1st, one of the dudes from the local scene is putting on a house show. Oh, rock on. In, in, in his house to bring in the New Year, New Year's Day because it's because of the way it worked. It's going to be a holiday on, you know, on the next day and all that. That's cool. So that's what I'm doing New Year's Day. <laughs> yes, not doing anything New Year's Eve, but New Year's Day, because there's nothing. Like house shows are, they're so fun. You know, it's it's just it's just like a house party with all your buddies, but bands are playing in the basement. That's cool. 
it's just yeah yeah always exciting always exciting so looking so forward to that in the meantime well hang on i gotta pause you you reminded me of one more thing i gotta get here another joke in canada are car dealership uh sales a thing or were they a big thing on tv like for commercials well so this time of year we have um Honda would wish us a happy Honda days. Mm. No. Okay, I I could kind of see that working. Yeah, okay. But then um we also had Toyota thons. Right? Okay. Like you have the Toyota thon to get your best Toyota deal. And and I was just curious like if this lands anywhere else cuz one of my buddies posted he's like, "Don't you dare wish me a happy Honda days when you know darn well my family um, um, celebrates Toyota-thon or something like that. (laughs) Just totally poking fun at what we said at the top of the show about the Merry Christmas thing, you know. (laughs) That that is a thing. If you drive Ford, then yeah, then you're all for bashing Chevys. If you like Chevys, you're all for bashing Fords. I've seen that up here, yes. Yeah, it's just so funny. But anyway... I'll, I'll stop interrupting. Let's 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 close this oh, sucker up. In the meantime, and in between time, that's it. This has been a is that you, Lemmy? Episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snow White, and this is Aaron signing off.